What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It is Skews Day, May 17th, 2022. I'm Trey, and that's Mark. We're going to do things a little differently on this episode. We got some dumbasses for you, and we're going to talk about some primaries and stuff a little later. But like a couple of weeks ago with the big Supreme Court leak, had a subject tonight that felt like it shouldn't be prefaced with uh, announcements and dumbassery and whatnot. It's the type of thing you should just get right into, talking, of course, about the horrific shooting in Buffalo and the implications thereof, particularly where things like white supremacy and white replacement theory are concerned. So, Mark, uh, where where are you at with all that? Uh, well, it's bad. I mean, it was a bad couple of days. There were like four mass shootings over the weekend. Um, yeah. It says the 10 people killed in Buffalo. I think it's still 10. Uh, 21 people shot in Milwaukee, five in Houston, five in Orange County. The one in Orange County was also a hate crime, but it was an inter-Asian Chinese on Taiwanese thing. Um, the one in Milwaukee was three separate shootings. It was outside the Bucks game, and it, it the one of the three shootings was a full-on shootout between two people. It's just like uh, this is all very, very bad and gross. And I wish yeah, you can't we, even keep up with it. It's like you know, if someone says, you know, what about that? mass shooting the other day you know it's mm-hmm. at a point where you gotta be like well which one are you talking about which is yeah so incredibly fucked up but that's been the case for a while now it's also like it's one of those things that's ever present but also it's not statistically it's not a huge problem like our individual chances of dying in a mass shooting are very small the biggest problem with guns is suicides um, why this is a very American phenomenon, although, you know, there were the big mass shootings in New Zealand and, uh, there was the one in, I think, Norway a couple of years ago, but those are like one-offs. This is just mm-hmm. like a meme here, if for lack of a better way to describe it. And I know the social science researchers have said that like shootings do spread like epidemics because people do copycat stuff and Columbine, of course, expanded psycho's imagination by what was possible by one determined weirdo, you know, that was two determined weirdos, big of a point. Um, and this guy, his manifesto is also a how-to guide. It, t- t- it walks through, like how, like why he chose the weapons he did. He was frustrated they didn't have the budget to do a bigger shooting. Like he couldn't practice with live ammo; he didn't have the budget for it. Um, he didn't have the weapons he wanted, but he outlined why he wh- why he wanted those weapons and why he chose the target he did. He literally went to the blackest zip code w- uh, in his town, um, and he was gassed up by the internet. And he openly planned it on the internet, and nobody in right. the FBI noticed. And right. Yeah, and he also explicitly stated in there that it was racially motivated. He was worried about white genocide and white mm-hmm. people being replaced and things of that nature, and that his stated goal was to kill as many black people as possible because of all that. And he's um, so there's this you know a lot of talk now about the replacement theory, white replacement theory or great replacement theory, which is this idea yeah. that white people are being replaced with immigrants or people of color because those mm-hmm. people are, you know, and it's, a, it's, a, it's like a leftist conspiracy. It's a conspiracy theory that the left is doing that because those people will vote. They'll win elections that way. Those people are more easily controlled. And that's why they're trying to get rid of white people. And it's a thing that's been around for a really long time and goes like, you know, I mean, Hitler was all about basically a version of this. Mm -hmm. There's been all kinds of versions of it over the years. But now, recently, it's been fairly mainstream uh, with the GOP and including Tucker Carlson on his show. They talked about it a whole lot. And so people are, you know, connecting these dots like this is leading directly to shit like this, which, of course, they disagree with. Uh, Why wouldn't they? But I'm just wondering what you think about that whole part of it. 
the the Tucker problem is not that he radicalizes guys like this because Tucker's you know audience is white people over sixty whose brains don't work good anymore with the lead poisoning. So like the he got this dude got his stuff from 4chan. The Tucker problem is Tucker launders 4chan and mm-hmm. Daily Storm full on Nazi propaganda into the political mainstream, and that's how you get people like JD Vance. Uh, uh, and uh, what's her name? Elise Stefanik um, tweeting out great replacement. So they get it from Tucker. But that's how it becomes a mainstream Republican talking point. But like I saw it, some people trying to defend saying, oh, well, Libs have been talking about demographics being destined destiny for a while now. There was like, you know, that book written about the permanent Democratic majority written in the early 2000s, I think. But like all, all, all those takes are kind of stupid because immigrants assimilate. By the second or third generation, they're just—they're just as likely to be Republican as pretty much anybody else, right? But this idea that also the two things don't noticing that more immigrants are here and America is about to be majority minority or whatever, noticing it happening is far different from saying that Jews are doing it on purpose to right. stamp out the white race. It's like it's not the two things are not, and I saw it like. I think Tucker tried to make this point. Ben Shapiro did and Glenn Greenwald did doing whatever he's doing now. It's totally fucking asinine. Noticing something and saying the Jews are orchestrating. It's like, it's like noticing the wildfires in California and saying they're a problem. And then is different than thinking Jews did it with a space laser. Yeah. It's also like, there's no part of them. That's like, you know, Hey, the demographics of America are changing. Maybe, maybe we should change to reflect that. Or, you know, like look at the opportunities for, what might reach these new demographics of people or what's effective with them as opposed Mm -hmm. to just like this must be stopped at all costs because it ultimately leads to the, you know, disappearance of the white race or whatever. It's just a pretty extreme take on the fact, you know, just a sort of like a shifting demographic landscape or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like also like it's not it's not based in reality in a couple different ways. It's like this is why Joe Joe Biden opened the border was to like let in a bunch of, a bunch of new Hispanic voters. It's like one, they, they don't vote. And two, the border is not open. He's being like he, he's being he's not as openly bloodthirsty about it. But our border policies are just as draconian pretty much as they were under Trump. And he hasn't done anything to dial them back. Not that I see anyway. We still have migrant kids in, in, in cages. They, uh, and the, the right's currently whining that they're being given baby formula. Mm-hmm. And it's so like, this is why you don't pander to them on this shit because you're being cruel to a bunch of migrants and still being hit for not being cruel enough. Right? right. So like, why in the world would you sell out your humanity to try to triangulate to win some anti-immigration voter when they're never going to vote for you anyway? Obama lost his gambit with, with trying to get an immigration deal during his presidency. He ramped up enforcement to show Republicans he was serious about it so he could try to get a deal to, you know, um, what do you call it, a Dream Act and all that stuff to, to, to get people path to citizenship. And they never met him in the middle because they didn't care that he was doing exactly what they wanted, which is like, why did he do it? Um yeah, they're always going to move the goalposts. You know, there'll always be something they got to be pissed off at, pissed off yeah. about, and blaming Democrats and the left for, uh, regardless <laughs> of what it is. It's just a mm-hmm. convenient. And they also just know that there's a whole lot of white people out there that are just pissed off and upset in general, you know, and have been for a while. So, like you said, laundering these like white nationalist uh, precepts 
for that audience. You know, obviously they found that it's effective, so why would they stop doing it? But it's just wild to like, I, and I know I, I say stuff like this all the time, and I acknowledge that it's stupid because they're very different. Their brains work completely differently. But like to me, if I found out that somebody, you know, that some shit that I was pumping publicly to my massive audience every night had like a version of that had led directly to a mm-hmm. mass murder, you know, like I, I just feel like that would have <laughs> resulted some level of self-reflection or some, some degree of guilt or responsibility or, fe- or feeling something as opposed to just being like, no, that's bullshit. That's just a, you know, that's just a liberal talking point. That's not what really happened. Um, and go right back to it. Like, it's just wild. The shameless sort of, um, uh, just, lack of accountability or empathy or reason or any of those things that they have. Yeah. I mean, I think about it a lot, but like, I guess the way you become successful in America is by being a pure sociopath. So yeah, it's like, uh, what do you, but yeah, I mean, I'd fucking kill myself. Like if mm-hmm. I was Tucker Carlson, I was an inheritance baby who was born rich, um, who already had made millions of dollars, even by his like MSNBC, CNN days. And then I, I made a couple hundred million more dollars pushing this stuff. And then a bunch of people died because, died connected to it, even if it's not directly a fan of his. It's like the, the part about this is tr- was truly like scary to me. Is like he had a whole thing as manifesto about climate change and how there's dwindling resources. So we've got to grab them for white people. It's like that, that's how pat, that's how fast they're going to pivot from climate denial to eco-fascism. It's going to be like that. Right. Um, and yeah, that's wild. Biden gave a pretty good speech today, uh, pushing back on it. I think he finally gets it now. But yeah, I mean, this, this conspiracy has been out there for a while. I mean, the, 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 you will not replace this chant from Charlottesville is, is just this. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, that whole thing, yeah. like I said, it's been a rallying cry for white supremacists everywhere for a really long time. It's like one of their central, it's like a core belief that they have that, you know, white genocide and all that. Can I, can I point out how like fucking weak uh, this particular brand of white person is? The world's not just becoming less white. <laughs> it's becoming less specifically anything. Mm-hmm. People have airplanes to fly around the world and they have dating apps where they meet people that are outside of their social networks. People are fucking all kinds of different people and making all kinds of different babies. And the only people <laughs> who make a big deal out of it, I mean, I'll, I know every race has their racist, but like the, the only organized movement around us, well, we had, need to have more white babies. It goes apparently up to the Supreme Court is crackers. Mm-hmm. It's just us. Classic and crackers. Classic cracker. And uh, like, it, we also like, I don't think people realize how interracial the world is. So like this Japanese person was talking about how Japan, Japan's actually much more mixed race than is depicted in American media because when they cast a Japanese character, they look for a very, very Japanese person. So you don't really even, have an accurate conception. It's like we don't have an accurate conception of what Mex- Mexicans look like. A lot of Mexicans are blonde hair, blue-eyed, have red hair, whatever, but they, they're they not the ones who come here right. because they're the upper class because they're racist, they have a racist society too. So it's just... Yeah, and then the part of it, you know, with the internet, where the internet is concerned, because another thing that guy wrote in his manifesto, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but it was pretty close to this. He said something like, you know, and then over the course of time, I learned through infographics shit posts and memes on 4chan the truth uh-huh. of the situation regarding white people being replaced and all that stuff but it's just the like unironically writing in your manifesto that you were like shown the light by shit post 
Mm-hmm. Quote, shit posts and memes on 4chan is just, that's some wild shit, man. It's like, you know, where do you get your core ideology from? 4chan shit post. Just, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. And this kid had, uh, alive. He had got, he'd been sent to counseling, I think, because they were afraid he was going to shoot up his school. Um, so he was, this guy was known and he literally put in his, uh, in one of his 4chan posts where he was planning it, that the FBI must know about me right now. So the, the fact they didn't stop me means they must want it to happen. And obviously they're not paying attention. They don't think the internet's real, which is why they didn't see January 6th coming. Um, that's why the, the media doesn't think the internet's real. That's why they didn't see Trump coming. And, um, it, it's just like, I would just say the only thing I could say is that the internet's a wilder place than you think. And if your kids are spending a lot of time on it, especially if you have teenage boys who are into gaming, uh, check out what their YouTube album is showing and talk to them about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess, you know, I don't know what else there is to say about it other than, like you said, it's horrific and uh, a damn shame. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So with that said, we will move on a little later. We're going to be talking about some primaries going on. There's some Thunderdome of lunacy. That is the GOP uh, primary in Pennsylvania tonight. Mm-hmm. Polls closed uh, just a wee bit ago. Uh, Producer Matt is with us, as always. This is Weekly Skews. And uh, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, well, I don't know if started is the right word. Let's get into the Daily Dumbasses. What do you think? Let Matt, graphic. Tonight's DD, other kids for not thinking of this excuse for not mowing the yard. Let's see this on this Fox News clip here. More talk about theories, uh, but of a different sort. All right, so, Melissa, your your son is, uh, the father's black, you're white, and he'd never mentioned issues with race before, you're saying? What exactly changed? Right. We didn't have issues before. He's in eighth grade. They introduced this critical um, program, and now he's having racial issues. That was not there before. What kind of racial issues is he having? Well, he's seen himself just as a black man. He's seen things that don't go his way as racism, um, and he's finding safety in numbers now. So when you're saying he gets a bad grade at school, he blames racism or a girl rejects him on a date, racism. Are those the kind of things you're seeing? Yes. I ask him to clean the house. Racism. Yes. (laughs) You're kidding, right? Are you serious? No, I'm serious. They have totally changed his perspective. They have put it in a box. That's some high-level teenager in right there, let me tell you. Yeah. Also, it's just really funny to me because my dad pretty much agreed with her kids are used for, are there to be your slaves philosophy. It was like, do, do this. It was like, I mean, it's fine. you got to teach kids work ethic and like, if they got to pull their weight around the house, I ain't problem with that. But this kid really hits for me. And I, also, maybe her kid is a dumbass. I don't know. I don't know her kid, but the fact she's blaming the government for the fact she doesn't know how to talk to her kid is really, really funny. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is I'd really like to know what the actual like curriculum or whatever was at that school you know what i mean that sort of led to that like also kids just they get older they become more self-aware about the world around them you know what i mean and obviously i don't know i'm talking out of my ass but i think if you're a biracial kid you start to get older you're probably going to naturally start to think more about you know the place you live and its relationship with you know people like you and you see a lot of shit on the news and a lot of shit going on and you know 
you you know, kids start to think about shit as they get older and you know it just yeah. happens uh but i'm sure it's the school's fault and she's <laughs> trying to get millions out of them because she can't get the yard mode anymore so yeah yeah Usually, uh, people have interracial babies or grandbabies. Seeing the roll through their eyes makes them less racist. This is an right. interesting way to go. But also, the idea that this kid didn't know about racism until school told him about it. It's like, have you been to a public school? Notice who sits at which lunch table. It, my, my sister just texted me. My nephew plays baseball. He's in like JV baseball. And the team they're playing today, have, they have one Mexican kid in the team. And these are all his friends. They're being supportive, but his nickname's Jalapeno. Right. Okay. That kid does, is, does not does not forget he's Mexican for one second of that game. He's like, go jalapeno. Go to go. It's like, all right. So this kid kind right. of racism from a from a, a, you know, a teacher's lesson, I guess. And now he sees it everywhere. It's just like ugh, these people, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, our first honorable mention for Daily Dumbass. Anybody on the right that was worried about Dr. Seuss going away when he had Cash Patel coming in to fill the void right behind him? That's right. Cash Patel is a former Trump official who's got a hot new children's book coming out, dropping this very soon this week, I believe it is, on the subject yeah. of King Donald and him being railroaded by the evil Hillary Quinton. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's literally called the plot against the king uh cash patel has written this it's about let me read i'll read let me read from patel's own web uh website it's a fantastical retelling of a ter the terrible true story hillary queenton and her shifty knight had spread lies that king donald cheated had cheated to become king they claimed he was working with the russonians russionists russionians but how could that be Join Cash, the distinguished discoverer, as he unco uncovers the plot against the king and who is really behind this. Uh, Trump being king is a big meme on the right now. They call it calling him the MAGA king. And, uh, yeah, I'm not comfortable calling anyone a king. Uh <laughs> yeah. used to be a whole thing with Americans, you know, like we weren't down with the whole king thing. But, yeah, yeah. They've been, well, I mean, they've been deifying him for a while now. You know, what's a king yeah. to a god, Mark? He's their god emperor. <laughs> That's what Trump yeah. is. To quote but, a friend uh, of the show, Killer Killer Mike, uh, fuck a king, a queen, and all the loyal subjects, subjects. I pull my penis out and I piss on the shoes in public. Uh, you want to catch yeah. tell is, he worked in the Trump White House for the National Security Council, uh, Council, and he was almost appointed to head the CIA. All right. right. Uh, yeah, well, you can see, that's a guy, yeah, upper management written all over him. This guy's straight shooter. No, he looks like a sycophant of the highest order, and that generally was rewarded uh, very heavily in the Trump administration. So, yeah, but the CIA in particular, it's a wild, you know, uh, thing for him to have been given um, control of. <laughs> it's also the, the series whole thing is denying they did propaganda they did. And this guy's like, I'm pivoting into making children's propaganda. Uh, <laughs> but, like, can you imagine, a, a, like, a child this would hit for? Like, uh, right. Your parents making you read this. It's like, uh, can we just read one fish, two fish again? Because For sure. I mean, kids <laughs> like kings and wizards and stuff like that. But it's also like, I, I don't know. When they come out with children's books that are trying to make kids transphobic or something, because they got a mm -hmm. raccoon who wants to be a girl raccoon, but he was born a boy raccoon and that's bad yeah. or whatever the mm -hmm. other shit they're doing is. It, it kind of tracks for me what they're going for. But this is such a like specific and not... I don't know, choosing this story to like 
turn into children's propaganda is a wild choice to me too. You know what I mean? Because normally it's more high level stuff like you shouldn't be trans or immigrants are bad or whatever else they're doing out there. But like the, you know, uh, he did not cheat to steal the election. He was railroaded by Hillary Clinton six years ago. Like it, it's just, I don't feel like a kid's going to retain all that even subconsciously, you know? Even if you did, that's the goal here, driving up Hillary's right. negatives amongst right. four-year-olds. So yeah. you're proud to vote against her when, when she's running for president in 2054. Uh, right. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. 2052, whatever that way. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. But, but, Trump, but it's a collectible for Trump fans to buy, so probably make a bank off of it. I guess that's probably real cool. Yeah. All right. Our next honorable mention for dumbass is guys like me and Mark for uh, getting knocked up too often, causing this formula shortage out there. That's right. Hit it. You know, it's interesting uh, that we are having this baby formula shortage. Perhaps it's from all the men who are becoming pregnant and um, cannot uh, lactate on their own. So maybe that's where this shortage is coming from. Or it could be the uh, pallets that are being sent to the southern border for all the illegal aliens. You knew that was going to come through. Yeah. 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 Two of them on the bingo card there. It's like, where's the Mexicans at? Here it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. This is so dumb for multiple reasons. I don't really... my stance on trans stuff is whatever people want to do is their own business. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really, I have like one trans friend and I don't, I try not to ask super personal questions about their own biology, but like, cause it's fucking rude. Uh, I don't ask straight people about their genitals either. Um, but the idea that, uh, my, my assumption here is if someone who identifies as a man is getting pregnant, they were a biological woman who were born as, who they'd be able to breastfeed. So I don't even think she's got the exact dynamic here, <laughs> even even from a bigot. I know she's trying to make a joke. She always makes makes a joke about Pete Buttigieg's breastfeeding too. Um, I just wish she'd fucking quit Congress and do her YouTube show because that's all she wants to do anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, she's fucking. Do you, do you ever seen the stories about she's beef with Marjorie Taylor Greene? Apparently they hate each other. No, no. I thought they yeah. were part of the you know the opposite of the squad or whatever. Now they apparently have a big interpersonal rivalry, and it's because they they almost they had to be separated to some event a couple of weeks ago. It got almost got to blows because Lauren Boebert hates Marjorie Taylor Greene for making her look crazy. For Marjorie Taylor Greene makes Lauren Boebert look crazy in Lauren uh-huh. Boebert's estimation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what she thinks she's doing with all the shit she says. Like they both, like yeah. no, your actions and words and just general demeanor makes you look crazy. The existence of Marjorie Taylor Greene, if anything, takes some of the crazy heat off of you periodically. You guys sort of pass the crazy ball back and forth, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. That's why. Uh, oh, a couple of people sent me messages asking for a baby formula uh, episode, and uh, we are going to talk about it. I'll, I'll get more. We have more of it later in the show, and then we. We'll tell you about some other stuff but uh yeah this is this is not breastfeeding men and, and babies of the border is not reason you can't buy breast uh, baby formula places not yeah. even remotely fucking close Ugh. all right uh our next honorable mention um the media for not being in touch with what real americans truly care about who's on the cover of vogue magazine that's right vogue with a huge slight here let's uh, hear it straight from her mouth Melania. Yes. How did you put up with the concept? The media. Take uh, Vogue, for example. Five months into Joe Biden's president, Joe Biden's on the cover. Kamala Harris is on the cover before she's even sworn in. Hillary Clinton was on the cover when she was first lady. 
Michelle was on the cover three times. Yet, with your business background and your fashion background and your beauty, never on the cover of Vogue. Why the double standard? They're biased. And, um, <laughs> Who they gives a shit? Likes and Who gives a shit? And it's so obvious. And I think American people... Uh. And uh, everyone. Can, this is the you have to just Matt. They, like the things these people are obsessed with are fucking. I could not. You put a gun to my head. I could not tell you how many times Michelle Obama was on the cover of Vogue, or if she was. Right. Yeah. Like, no who, idea. Who cares? Who cares? She, this is a woman who's obscenely wealthy, even with just her own money. Forget her billionaire or whatever husband. She's being interviewed by a guy who flew down to kiss her ass at her own private golf course compound. And she's doing woe is me bullshit. Uh, these, pe- these people fucking drive. They'd be disgusting if they weren't politically awful and immoral. <laughs> Just the narcissism drives me insane. Yeah, I'm sure, um, you know, I don't know if she fed them that question or what, but I mean, I bet she gives a shit, you know, that she was never asked to be on there, even though she says that she was, she had the more important things to do than be on the cover of Vogue, you know, like the Christmas stuff, always busy with Christmas stuff, no time for Vogue. Yeah. Anyway. It's her um, second biggest problem besides the fact that uh, Trump winning the election made her uh, leave Trump Tower where she was maintaining her long-running affair with the head of the building security. <laughs> that is the Trump, Trump winning the election. The one, the one way in which I do feel bad for her is uh, Trump winning the election fucked up her life. Uh, not as bad, not nearly as bad as everyone else in America's, but it wasn't great for her either. So prayers out for Melania for having the world's shittiest husband and not being on the cover of Vogue magazine and having her and being cock blocked from her fair. <laughs> yep. All right. Last one, last honorable mention, Elon Musk for not taking the pillow guy's phone call. He's got important business at hand. Mike Lindell. Let's see. it. I want to reach out. If, uh, if Elon Musk, if you're watching, I want to reach out to Elon Musk, Brandon. And, and now for any other reason, other than he's got a big, a big, um, um, presence out there right now there you know he's you know he's all over the news right and they and he's driving the, the left crazy he's trying to kind of uh, uh woo conservatives you know i guess you know that would be the word um well my thing is uh, i'd like to sit down with elon myself one-on-one and show him in a 15-minute little presentation i have to say here's where we're at this is what they did here's the here is these you get you flew to the moon or whatever flew to outer space. Uh, <laughs> here's the cyber stuff, Elon. No one else is looking. We wanted to reach out if, uh, if Elon- right. so. For one, he thinks Elon personally went to the moon, which uh-huh. is for me because I don't think Elon even did the Jeff Bezos thing where he rode up to space. Right? Yeah, uh, he probably thinks he went to the moon in that Tesla or whatever. It was yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, you took one of your cars to the moon. Everybody saw it. It was great. We got stuff to talk yeah. about. I mean, when he when he launched that Tesla into space with the mannequin riding in it mm-hmm. and, and took the selfie looking back to Earth in a space helmet, I was like, that is a brilliant way to get rid of a body. There's yeah. no proof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just shot a guy in a car into space. Uh, but the way these guys think things work is, one, Elon personally went to the moon. Uh, Elon trying to buy Twitter, pulling shit out of his ass about politics he doesn't understand. And therefore, he has the power to reinstate Trump or whatever. And also, it's just hilariously because crypto's collapsing. Elon probably can't buy Twitter anymore. He's trying to get out of the deal. So that's really fucking funny to me. Paul's money ludicoin, Drake. Yeah, well, we had a bunch of primaries today, and I want you to uh, talk to us about them. But first, just because I'm self-conscious about it, I just want to remind, if I'm uh, blinking or light, looking all weird with my eyes, reminder, 
I had surgery and I'm still not all the way back. If you can see the blood in my eyes, I apologize for that too. I hope you don't find it too upsetting. Anyway, you know, yeah. we're here. Mark, primaries, what's going on with them? Yeah, well, five, there are uh, primaries in five states today, uh, Idaho, Kentucky, North Carolina, Oregon, and Pennsylvania. Because North Carolina is voting today, uh, Madison Cawthorn's career could be over by the time we finish this episode. It's career in politics, anyway. I'm pretty sure I'll have a pretty successful career in right-wing media. Um, Matt says he's behind as of right now with 60% of the votes. And, cool. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Fuck off. Um so uh, just all around, this primary cycle has been depressing as hell. We always have a bunch of lunatics in state-level politics, but it's like over and above. Like what Trump has done to our body politic is just insane. For a right. small example, they aren't voting today in, in, in uh, Nevada, but um, Ted Cruz endorsed a lady for state treasurer in Nevada who once said cancer is a fungus that can be cured with baking soda, who was demoted from being mayor pro tem because of racism, said the flu is worse than COVID, and funneled campaign money to her kid. Uh, her name's Michelle Fiore, and yes, if you're wondering, she has been in trouble with the IRS, which is a prerequisite to, to be in Republican politics nowadays. She also lost her home health care license because of Medicaid fraud. Uh, here's a quote from her on Syrian refugees. He's like, the Syrian refugees. I'm like, what are you kidding me? I'm about to fly to Paris and shoot them in the head myself. I mean, I'm not okay with Syrian refugees. I'm not okay with terrorists. I'm okay with putting them down, blacking them out. Just put a piece of brass in their ocular cavity and in their miserable life. I'm good with that. I These mean, people... what the fuck, dude? Literally yeah. talking about executing refugees and, uh, yeah, and fighting cancer with mushrooms or whatever that other shit you said was. It's like they, it, you literally have to, like, you're talking about Bobert and, and MTG, and it's like you just got to, it's just a crazy off. It's one big crazy, like, you can't compete on their side right now. If you're not yeah. a full bore lunatic, because you know there's going to be somebody out there's going to be somebody out there who's willing to go yeah. that extra crazy mile and willing mm-hmm. to do the full lunatic thing, and so if you're not going to be that guy, then you better go home because ain't no place yeah. for uh, that sort of thing, reasonability or anything in the modern yeah. day Republican Party. Stupid, yes. corrupt, loud, and mean. Right. Mean. Yeah. In, the, in the same country, and one of those three would be enough to disqualify you. But in our present reality, that's the trifecta, baby. That's the total package. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it's been crazy, but maybe the most depressing set of primaries is in Pennsylvania for a variety of reasons, consistent characters in them. So we're going to talk about them for a little bit. Um, there was a funny start with sort of the Democratic side where the good news is and it looks like Fetterman's going to win, except he just had a stroke. So he's recovering from that, apparently. He voted from his hospital bed or voted from his bed. I don't know if he's home or not. Um, but there's a funny focus group last week with primary voters <laughs> where they asked uh, them, they, they showed them Connor Lamb's ads calling uh, Fetterman a socialist. And they're like, yeah, we've seen him. But also, he's really big. So <laughs> they like him because he's big. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. Like, Take away Democrats, run more, run more absolute units, run more big sure. guys. Yeah. I mean, that, like that is, you know, that's comical and it sounds dumb and everything. And I'm not saying it's not, but like I can sort of see part of the, like, because the whole, you know, the negative stereotype about liberals is that we're what weak, we're pussies, you know, mm-hmm. sorry, wussies, sissies, whatever. You know what I mean? We don't do shit. We're weak willed. We're not real men. If you're a man, that type of thing, right? We breastfeed. That's all. That's their like, that's the shit they talk. So I can understand how having a dude who's like, dem- like 
expl- overtly of the ass whooping variety, like a big, a big bald some bitch with tattoos that is a Democrat. Like I can see how that, you know, how that plays. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether people think about it that way or not. It's just like, yeah, no, we got one that could whoop y'all's ass. How about that? <laughs> yeah, but you it's know? also like the branding thing is so funny to me because people do all the all the poll tested language and stuff is this is laid laid this is laid bare how incredibly stupid that is. Voters ba- vote based on vibes. It's vibes, man. Mm-hmm. Vibes. So Democrats, you might as well do what you want and actually try to help people. Because the way you're going to win or lose is vibes. You might as well do the right thing, but not going to do it because they think issues are what uh, move people. This is why the day after Roe v. Wade was a uh, leak going to be overturned, Biden gave a speech about bringing down the deficit. That's what that's on the tip of everyone's tongues. Um, oh, it's but- like I mean they've always you know I remember like in the Bush era, and I'm sure for years before that too. But it's always <laughs> been a thing, you know the. The guy you'd like to have a beer with, that whole thing, you know, that that's like what a lot of people based off of just seems like you could get a beer with him, even though, you know, he was a recovering alcoholic and whatnot. But the just that sort of idea of it being you got to be charismatic above all else. You got to people want to like hang out with you or whatever, mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to, you know, care about <laughs> your aptitude for doing the job or your ideas for the future and direction of the country or any of that shit. It's like, how good are you at shuffleboard, motherfucker? That's what I want to know. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't even, I don't even necessarily think that's stupid, though, because when you when you say you want to have a beer with someone, you're saying, I like that person and trust them. I think you could have a real conversation with them about my life. Right. So, like, that's part of it. But, like, the funny thing to me is, like, I think Federer went to an Ivy League school. So the letter lesson here is what, what like, see, here's another quote from that focus group. Uh, it found that uh, it, it said it said a couple of people in Trump voter focus groups said they might vote for Fetterman in the general. So the lesson here is that Hillary Clinton should have started wearing dicky shirts and gotten some neck tattoos in 2016. And mm-hmm. we wouldn't be in this mess. But like also the good point is like a significant portion of Trump voters are willingly prioritize a candidate being a fighter and someone they right. can relate to, right? So Fetterman's going to pass that test with flying colors over, hypothetically speaking, Dr. Oz, if that's who he gets in the general. We'll talk about that in a minute. But also, do you want to guess what Fetterman's signature issue is? And I didn't, I knew, I knew, I knew this was in his bag of tricks. I didn't know this, this was his main emphasis. This is not my guess for his issue, but producer Matt says that he wears Carhartt, but not hipster oh. Carhartt, like the kind mm-hmm. with the name on the sleeve, Carhartt. So, you know, yeah, it's just. Trump voters, yeah. they see him and he's like, well, he seems like he could be all right. He can't be all yeah. bad just because of his whole vibe. I mean, I'm all for it, but a signature issue, I do know it, but why don't you tell us all what it is? Legalizing weed, baby. There it is. Legalizing weed. It's a layup. It's layup. right there. We've Everybody wants it. it. We've been saying it forever. It seems like it should be such a layup for any Democrat politician, but that most of them just don't do it. So it's refreshing to see someone finally doing it because no one, no one is so opposed to it that they'll like withdraw their vote or vote for someone else because of it at this point most people either don't care or they're fo- for it so you're not going to get up any real opposition to it but at the same time there are plenty of people out there i believe who wouldn't otherwise vote at all maybe or even be like politically engaged that will come out and vote for you if you tell them you're going to legalize weed like i know people i've met people personally that are like single issue voters and that issue is weed being legal you know yeah they got neck tattoos but that's beside the point like these people exist and they're real and why not you know and there's just no there's no neck there's no downsides to it and only upsides so why not do it and mm-hmm. I don't know why don't more people do it? 
there was a, according to that, the polling of this article, only like 1% of people are likely to vote specifically because of this issue. But there was an interesting quote I thought was really prescient from just a regular voter in there who was like, why she thought it was a good sign. And she was like a 60-year lady who didn't even smoke weed. She just thought like, it's a sign that you're not a dumbass who's stuck in the past. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's just, it just shows you're not a moron. And this is like, and here's, this is in contrast to, uh, uh, to Connor Lamb, his main opposition, who, uh, uh, quote, former federal prosecutor Lamb was one of just six House Democrats to vote against federal cannabis legislation in December 2020 and ridiculed the House for considering it during a pandemic. I mean, what? Well, yeah. I, I just don't know how you could be that tone deaf. One of only six Democrats to vote against it. Like, I, I mean, wh- I mean, but you said former federal prosecutor. And I know that, like, law enforcement as an entity is one of the uh, primary impediments to yeah. weed uh Weed law um, reform, you know, private prisons, law enforcement, booze, big pharma, shit like that. But yeah, um, it's absolutely, absolutely no one thinks. I mean, I'm sure they exist, but very few people think their kid or grandkid should have a permanent criminal record (laughs) for being caught doing a drug that almost everyone has done at some point in their life. It's just stupid. Um, and just like, just like that lady said, it's just a sign. You're not a fucking idiot. Um, and, but our problem is, I think we talked about, uh, 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 on a recent recorded episode is the one person in America who does think it's a political loser is Joe Biden. Um, well, guess what, Mark, um, producer Matt has reported. We got some breaking news, breaking skews here. Put it up there, Matt. Why not? Show that, uh, show him what you just showed me. If you've got a screen grab of it. Look at that. Dave Washington. Oh, yeah. I've seen enough. Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman defeats Rep- Representative Connor Lamb in the Pennsylvania Senate Dem primary. So there you go. Washington That's good calling news. It. Yeah. That's good news because it's going to be a down year for Democrats. But uh, one of the upside of the weed issue is it's going to make, make people more enthusiastic to go vote, even if it's not single issue voting on that. And so, you know, it's, a, it's going to be a down year in election cycle. Um, the Republican side, let's talk about yes. who he might face, because this yeah. is the truly crazy part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Oz was poised to win. He got Trump's endorsement, but Trump's endorsement doesn't appear to be working. Like polling wise, it's basically it's you got Oz. Uh, McCormick, David McCormick and Kathy Barnett, who's the, uh, the Trumpiest candidate, but Trump endorsed the other. And McCormick's more of like the same business Republican dude, even though his wife worked for Trump. And he's by the standards of 2012, he'd be a insane Republican. By today's right, by today's standards, he's a rhino. Right. Um, yeah. If Oz loses, he's going to be because he's a huge, obvious fucking phony. Uh, here's a quote from this story. Uh, outside, this is outside of a Republican, uh, 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 Republican rally. Someone had tallied a straw poll on a piece of poster board asking, Dr. Mehmet Oz, America first, question mark. There were six marks next to yes and more than a dozen next to no. And a third option, someone had written fuck no in black marker and received three votes. <laughs> so at a, poll, at, a, at a rally for Dr. Oz, the votes were 12 to 6 that Dr. Oz hates America. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, so if he loses, that'll be, uh, so that's why Trump's voters probably won't turn out for him in the general, but if you want to see the vibes he's putting off, let's check out this video we did from a Fox News hit he did uh, a couple days ago. And you never would have let your people down. So when you go to bed at night, put your head on that soft pillow, you know, Oz will be doing exactly what you want him to do if you were there next to him. What? So, 
<laughs> just get in bed with just imagine yourself in bed with Dr. With Oz. Dr. Oz. Just and know that he will own. be doing whatever you want him to do, you know. Yeah. Wink wink say no more. Yeah. Just, He's a gentle lover, the doctor. Absolutely. Dr. A generous lover, <laughs> Dr. Oz. Yeah. Again, I think we uh this got brought up, we were talking about him before, but it's kind of wild to me. That the whole charisma part of it, how much he's struggling with that, just because of the fact that he was on TV every day for so many years, you know, I would have thought he'd have a little more aptitude in that regard, but no, not yeah. the case, evidently. But those shows are pre-taped. You can read, you can, you can retake stuff. And by the way, right. for, for background's sake, you have to worry about like what happened to a once nice guy. Uh, my, I had a friend who worked on his show in New York, and uh, she quit with no backup plan because she was a producer on that show because he was such a nightmare asshole to work with. So oh, really? he's not even secretly nice behind the scenes, uh, like your boy JD is apparently. Uh, <laughs> Trey's best friend JD Vance. Yeah, uh, I got yeah, good guy to get a beer with, you know, <laughs> my old bar buddy JD Vance. Uh, so so there, so just to sum up what's happening here. This is the weirdest race in America because Trump's voters like Kathy Barnett. Trump right. likes Dr. Oz. You saw him on TV. The Club for Growth, which is the business wing, has been giving money to Barnett because she's she's been she like you know the horse in the Kentucky Derby that came from way back. Mm -hmm. She was at five percent like two weeks ago. She's in second place at like twenty five percent now. Said <laughs> at the last poll I saw. So they fucking love her. So they're trying to bet on the winning horse here. Um, so the dynamic is based that Trumpers are attacking a far right candidate as Kathy Barnett for being too mean to immigrants and Muslims to help an right. apolitical huckster pretending to be a conservative who wants it so bad. He promises if he gets elected, he'll stop being a citizen of Turkey. Um, just everyone coming out of this looking good. Everyone, uh, a little bit more about Kathy Barnett. Um, she has a disturbingly real shot, even though no one even really knows who she is or where she came from. She literally just appeared out of nowhere. With no paper trail. She could have been born three weeks ago and no one would fucking know about it. Except she was at January 6th. So that's the only reason we know she was alive two years ago. So here we go. Watch this video uh, about her from Fox News. If you happen. Where were you an adjunct college professor? Yes, you know, and in, in fact, let me just make this really short for you uh, and to your list and to uh, your viewers. You can go to my website at, at uh, barnettforsenate.com. We've placed um, right there on the front page, you'll see my family and around my family is a will. And we place right there the things right. you want to know. She's not answering the question. That's no, and she doesn't. Saying. Yeah. Spoiler. She never answers the question. She just, you know, yeah. and refers you to the, the website. Is not on her website. The question is very simple. You say you were an adjunct college professor. Right. What school Where? was it? Yeah. Ted, that's that's a what's the longest college name in the world? <laughs> Four or five words? Yeah. Probably that's the best three somewhere in, in Wales it. or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So so the, the uh, Washington Examiner, which is a right wing paper, it should be noted, uh, had a, tried to find out had read this story, who is Kathy Barnett? And they just sent her, she couldn't get her on the phone or any of her press people, so they just sent her an email with these questions. Uh, one, the name of her hometown. Two, where was she an adjunct professor and when? When was she, she claims to be in the military. So the question is, when, when was she an officer candidate school? What financial institutions did she work at and when? When did she move from Virginia to Pennsylvania? Because she says in her book bio from 2018, she lived in Virginia. So what year did she move there? And moved to PA. And a confirmation that the college she graduated from was Troy State University. These are basic top-line resume details. This mm -hmm. is not super deep oppo research. You say you were in the Army. What years? What did you do there? Right? Right. <laughs> and the, the reply from the campaign manager was, Kathy keeps her early life as private as possible. 
So I'm sure you can understand why. And that's a reference to the fact she claims that she was a product of rape. Um, that's her, uh, uh, her part of her moving personal narrative is that she's against abortion because if her mom had gotten an abortion, she'd be dead. Right. Um, that said, she sucks. She's a lunatic. She said a bunch of really awful evil shit about Muslims, gays. Um, she's, I don't know if she's QAnon adjacent, but it would not surprise me. Um, she has awful opinions about just about everything you can say. And, uh, so the funny thing is team Trump in the form of his leading spokesman, Sean Hannity, right. Trying to take down Kathy Barnett for not being sufficiently left wing. Yeah. Let's watch this handy. handy, handy this handy. is wild. <laughs> Frequently spewed. I mean, not just once, not one day, not occasionally, quite a bit of hateful rhetoric against gay people, people that are Muslims. She even once asked her followers to pray for her because she was about to board the plane to California and there was a homosexual female on the flight. All right. Uh, and she also insinuated Obama was a gay Muslim. This will all come up in a general election. She called for Islam to be banned in the United States. It's like, um, Kathy, we have something called. This is Trump's to do list. Is his like. <laughs> 80% of Hannity's audience sitting there listening like, damn, you made the sale. Quit selling, yeah. buddy. Like, like come on. How many, yeah. How many more great things are you going to tell me about this woman in this segment? She's checking all the boxes for us here at uh, Hannity Fans Incorporated. Like, it's, it, it, I don't know. It's wild. Yeah. The shit that they do on Fox News and Hannity does and then turn around and be like, can you believe this? This lady yeah. has been mean to gay yeah. people and Muslims. And we're just not going to stand for that sort of thing. And they're everybody's yeah. like, is this a prank? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> just to, because to move, she's not the Trump part, you know, she's not the horse yeah. Trump backs. So to move this uh, through this a little quickly, then we got to get the comments and stuff and get some business to do. But, uh, uh, she <laughs> apparently at one point wanted to build a statue of America's most prominent black people. And one of them was Barack Obama. So they're, they're also hitting her. She wanted to build a statue to Barack Obama. And a response to that was pretty funny, saying he's the first black president. I didn't vote for him, but he's a, but he but he got the job, and it's it's historical. I was like, that's the sanest thing she ever said. Um, she also said they asked her if she would support the Republican nominee, and her line at first was, "I would never support a globalist." So look forward to her splitting the party if and when she loses. Um, uh, Laura Ingraham, on the other hand, has been defending her. We, we, we need to show that video, Matt, because we're trying to go fast. But uh, the Pennsylvania, the governor's race. Um, might be more depressing because the right wing psycho there who's running on kind of a unity ticket with Kathy Barnett is Doug Mastriano, and he's expected to win by a decent margin. Um, so that's concerning because he basically he made a, he had a quote that said, uh, if you like uh, Ron DeSantis, don't worry about it. He's an amateur. So he's 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 running as the most right wing psycho in America. And if he wins, I seriously doubt any Democratic presidential victory would be certified as long as he's the governor. Uh, so that's sort of the nightmare scenario, which makes this state so important, because I don't know if you know it's not Trey, but uh, whoever uh, whoever won the presidency the last four times has won Pennsylvania. Uh, it's a pretty mm -hmm. vital state. Obama won it both times. He won. Trump won it when he won in 2016 and Biden won it when he won it in 2020. It's a true uh, bellwether state for who's going to win the presidency. And Biden only won uh, Pennsylvania by 80,000 votes. Um, well, the guy, I don't know. I mean, they, I know that the GOP, the Pennsylvania state GOP party is not happy that that lunatics went in the gubernatorial primary because no. they think that 
that'll hurt their chances in the general because of how crazy he is. So, you know, maybe yeah. they're right. But it's also, this is what they get, man, for fucking getting their people all fucking frothed up and fired up and everything. And then, you know, it's like, we need these people as radicalized as possible, you know, as yeah. passionate as possible. And then a guy like this shows up and they're like, no, not like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah no, no shit, it's crazy. That's your whole thing. I got some good shade and fun for you on that tip in a second. But first, uh, you're right. They are panicking. Even uh, Here's a quote from the political article. Some prominent Pennsylvania Republican individuals and donors are even considering publicly supporting Josh Shapiro, the presumptive. He's, no, he's really going to oppose. Shapiro's running going to oppose. So he's going to be the Democratic nominee. Um, but the guy coming in second to Mastriano in the Republican primary is uh, a guy named Lou Barletta. Barletta. Barletta, uh, who also fucking sucks, but he and uh, another congressman by the name of Tom Marino, who is a surrogate for him, were one of the earliest people to endorse, endorse Trump in Pennsylvania, did a shit ton of campaigning for him. And here's how he pays them back. Let's watch this really heartfelt video where they can't understand why they've been betrayed by the most betraying man in America. <laughs> Matt said one second. He's pulling it up. But yeah, this is a. Uh, this is. Marino or this Barletta? Who's in this this is Marino speaking on behalf of Barletta, I believe. Okay. Uh, before Matt's getting up, I'll, no, you can go ahead and you can play Matt. There's another issue I want to address. I was extremely disappointed when Mr. Trump came out and endorsed Mr. Mastriano. I know Mr. Mastriano. I met him in New York when I was vice president of NATO. Great military guy. But where in the hell is the loyalty? Where is the loyalty? <laughs> From Donald Trump, the famously loyal <laughs> Donald Trump, who's never thrown anybody under the bus that yeah. I can recall. He threw his uh, own fucking kid over the bu- under the bus to escape prosecution. You can cut it, man. Uh, so Shapiro here. So Shapiro has essentially been running ads for Mastriano. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is really funny. It's not really for Mastriano. It criticizes him as a super harsh right wing conservative. The thing is that will hit, that will push him over the top in the primary, right? And because Mastriano doesn't have a budget yet to run statewide, a lot of statewide ads, he's trying to lock in the voters' perceptions of him before he tries to do a half hearted pivot to centrism for for the general. And that may or may not be smart. And Mastriano is probably going to win anyways. So it's probably right, good to smart to the first mover advantage. I would also just want to point out. Then in 2016, people like me and also Hillary Clinton thought it was good that Donald Trump was the Republican nominee because it mm-hmm. would crush the party. And Lord, were we fucking owned, buddy. That's so, yeah, I don't know. Right. <laughs> we'll see what happens with Pennsylvania. All right, Matt, you can start looking through some comments also. I didn't do it earlier, so I'm going to remind you all some things here. One, uh, if you're vaccinated and want to see me live, you can go to TreyCrowder.com. It's TreyCrowder.com because I'm doing some solo shows this summer all around the country. I hope y'all will come and see me. It's going to be fun. Uh, if you've seen me recently, fret not. It's going to be all new stuff. So, yeah, we're going to be having a good time with it. Number two, if you like this show and want to show your support, you can do so by signing up on Patreon. $5 a month. You get full-length bonus episodes like the one we did last week that will be coming out soon. The one we recorded will be coming out about the baby formula shortage. We've covered a lot of other great topics as well. $5 a month. Go to weeklyskews.com slash more. 
or go to Patreon and look me up and you can find it on there. We would appreciate it. Lastly, it's a little bit of housekeeping. Need you all to know, hopefully this won't affect anything except just the way things look on your end. But I am going to the UK tomorrow for three weeks with our Georgia correspondent, Corey Forrester. We got some stuff going. We're working on something over there. Uh, I mean, I could... Without getting into detail, me and Corey are writing a book, and it involves going to the UK. It'll make sense way down the road. Don't worry about it. But the point is, I'm going to the UK for three weeks tomorrow. My intent is to still do SKUs every week, as long as I'm bringing my computer and everything with me, as long as the Wi-Fi cooperates, it shouldn't change anything. It'll be 1 a.m. where I'm at, but that's okay. For you all, I'll gladly do it. Uh leave allowances for possible technical difficulties depending on the hotel or castle or whatever I'm staying in. I don't know how it works over there, but my plan is to still do a the hobbit show. Hole. Yeah, a hobbit <laughs> hole. Yeah. Y'all know how they are, but my plan is to still do the show. So just, just so everybody knows. Yeah. So hopefully I'll be coming to you live from across the pond starting next week, but we will see. So uh, yeah, that's my announcements. Um, Matt, yeah, here we go. Ah, God damn it. Thank you. Vegan Lee on YouTube says, hey, you guys, hit the like button and show trademark and producer Matt some love. Yes, like, subscribe, share, rate, review, all that stuff, all that internet stuff. It costs you nothing and it does help us a lot, so we appreciate it. Lori Beth Brunner on Facebook says, it'll never not be hilarious how many Trump sucker uppers think that they will be the ones that Trump doesn't betray. Right, exactly. This is the guy who reads the snake at his campaign rallies and mm -hmm. people don't get the joke. Um, uh, could you mention the baby form of the episode? Something we didn't get to because I didn't, I didn't really have an understanding of this before we do it. We talked a lot about, um, you know, how this is the fault of highly monopolized capitalism and uh, government corruption um, in a straightforward sense. Uh, one of the reasons we have a baby formula shortage is because we can't import from Canada. The reason we can't import from Canada is when Trump renegotiated the North American Free Trade Agreement, um, American baby formula producers... I don't know if you guys, I never thought about this much until I read this, but you can't really export milk because it goes bad in the boat before it gets to China, right? Plus, Chinese people don't really eat a lot of dairy, which is not something I knew for, for sure if I Googled it. I was like, Chinese food doesn't have cheese on it. What if Chinese people eat cheese? Googled it. No, apparently, dairy's been phased so much out of Chinese people's diets that most people, most Chinese people are lactose intolerant. According to the New York well, Times, I don't the know. The more you know. Um, but you can't export baby formula because it's dehydrated and it has a longer shelf life. So, just crush the Canadian dairy industry uh, to keep them from developing the capacity to be able to ex have excess milk to uh, uh, export to China. The baby formula industry lobbied Trump white house to make sure we couldn't have Canadian baby formula in America. So that's one of the many reasons you can't buy it right now is just straightforward fucking corruption. And another day in our corrupt hellscape, Supreme court legalized bribery once again, specifically to Ted Cruz. Um, this week, there is a, one of our last few campaign finance laws that is if you loan, you can only loan your own campaign $250,000 that can be reimbursed after you the, the election results are finalized. Ted Cruz intentionally let his own campaign $260,000 to trigger a, 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 you know, a, a violation so he could take this case to the Supreme Court and they could say, yes, once Ted Cruz has already won, you can give him all the money he wants to his campaign for him to pay himself. So. There you go. Vitally important that that got done. Supreme Court with their priorities in order recently. Crystal Fitzhugh on Facebook says, CRT is just being used by the GQP as a pathetic attempt to counter the replacement theory they obviously espouse. Um, 
yeah, a lot of talk about theories from them lately. Some of them they're into, some of them they're not. It's weird. Yeah. Um, Matt made the point that a lot of the, 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 the states banning critical race theory are like, uh, are the states you'd be least likely to see something banned replacement theory in schools. But I don't think people are teaching replacement theory in schools anyway. If it is, it's some racist psycho teacher who probably is on the path of getting fired pretty soon. For right, but aren't most places also not room? teaching critical race theory in right. school either? Like, no. they, it's just they're they teach about what happened with slavery and shit like that, which is horrific. But yeah. doing that upsets yeah. tender white sensibilities but that's what they call critical race theory but it's not like they're going yeah. to critical race you know 101 or whatever critical, in high school my understanding is critical race theory is a is a is a elective class at a few elite law schools right it's very, not very really specific a thing, thing. Yeah. yeah right at a high you know in higher education but yeah uh, the idea yeah. that even laws that aren't are uh, the idea is that even laws that aren't written with racist words in them have racist effects because of legacy impacts of how this, how the system was distributed. So like, you know, where schools are and where, where, where stuff was built, how cities were redlined. These, these have horrific criminal justice impacts 30 years after the law, the laws themselves were deracialized. That's the idea of my understanding of critical race theory has nothing to do with what 10th graders are being taught about the civil rights movement. But right. we covered it before, but Chris, this guy, Christopher Rufo, thought it sounded like a cool, bad word that everyone would be grossed out by. And it is. It's a, three bad things. Critical, race, theory. Yeah. Awesome things that don't hit. So, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Jim Gray on Facebook says, banning CRT is a solution looking for a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the right. I mean, that we've talked about it before, but and you, you know, just alluding to it. I mean, they do that all the time. They just sort of invent whole cloth, these things to be pissed off about. And then just run with it, man. Run hard with it. I mean, I mean all, the transgender bathroom things, that shit was just made up. You know, like they just make shit up and get furious about it and then win elections yeah. based off of it. So. I mean, there is a problem. The problem is you're like, hey, wait, mom, dad was a cop in Alabama in the 60s. What was he up to? <laughs> right. That's what they yeah. want. Well, also, it's just like, you know, we've said this before, too, but like the whole thing in the South for a long time was that textbooks, we read some excerpts from an old te textbook in the South mm -hmm. on the show months back that they didn't, that they did the opposite, that they sugarcoated uh, the history of slavery and, yeah. you know, like made it way, way like less, more innocuous than, of course, it ever was and, you know, did so in a uh, fallacious fashion. and to act like the problem is the reverse that like uh, we're teaching it, that it's too hardcore and it's going to upset kids or whatever is just ridiculous. Do you, do you remember the whole chapter we read from a Texas history book where, the, where this emancipation was framed around this one little white girl in the 1860s who was sad mm -hmm. to lose all her slaves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Debbie D. Hartman Lane says I'm 71 years old. Saw you twice in Asheville, North Carolina. Thank you for getting your message out. Love skews. Well, thank you, Debbie D. Debbie D, much appreciated. It's very sweet of you to say uh, and to come to the show. Don't know when I'll be back in Asheville, but I know it won't be too long. Asheville, tremendous liberal redneck town. Um, and, yeah, maybe they're getting Cawthorn out of there tonight. High along oh. wheels, no more. That'd be, that'd be pretty sweet. Real um, quick before we go, let's check on the results in uh, check Pennsylvania. Check it out so you can see what you can find there, Mark. Um, only... 8% of votes are counted, so it's not really, not really any takeaways. But right now, it's McCormick, Oz, Barnett, and uh, Republican side starting to call for Fetterman. And for the governor, um, 
it says, yeah, uh, Mastrano's in second to a guy named well, Will McSwain, but Matt sent me one, uh, a tweet, then the, the North Carolina, um, primary 47% of precincts reporting Chuck Edwards, 36 and a half percent Madison Cawthorn, 29.4%. So I've seen enough. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the count. Stop the count. All right. That's it. We're going to stop the show. We'll be back next week with any luck, but that's the plan. Thank you. So you love you. Bye.